Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I'm also an avid traveler. So I bring you stories from the airplane, from the pilots who fly those airplanes, and from traveling around the world. I just got back from Nicaragua. It was a fantastic trip. did all kinds of fun things. I'm going to have lots of stories about that. This episode is called... Watch your back. You know, pilots, flight attendants, and travelers spend a lot of time in hotel rooms, and a lot of interesting things take place in hotel rooms. And this episode, we're going to hear stories about a couple thieves in hotel rooms finding and losing strange things in hotel rooms, <laughs> a couple of naked hotel room stories, and at the end of the episode, I have a story that has nothing to do with hotel rooms, but uh, right before I went to Nicaragua, there was a celebrity on board, and I am very hesitant about bringing out the recorder on the airplane, and I have never asked a passenger for a story, but this guy was very approachable, really nice, and uh, he let me record a little story. So at the end of the episode, we have a, a celebrity story from Zone Mouth. Uh, so let's get going, and we're going to talk about when you're traveling... You always got to remember to watch your back. Well, our Captain Steve uh, was on Lever, San Francisco. This is probably back in the 80s. And uh, he'd been out walking that afternoon after his layover and coming in the evening. And uh, he went to get on the elevator there in the Canterbury. And another pretty nice-looking gentleman in a suit gets on the elevator at the same time. Steve reaches over and punches the uh, button for his floor. And the other man does the same. And the other gentleman in the suit looks at Steve, our pilot, and says, Man, that is really amazing, your watch, how how realistic and good they do on the knockoff jobs of those Rolexes. And Steve looks at him and says, I'll have you know, that's not a knockoff, that's the real thing. And the gentleman in the suit pulls a gun out and says, fine, I'll take it, thank you. And that was his whole M.O. was to pop that comment and find out if it was a real Rolex or not, and then he'd rob you. And he, he proceeded to rob Steve of his Rolex right there on the uh, elevator. things I do when I get into a layover hotel room is I check the room. I check under the bed. I check behind the curtains because there's all kinds of crazy stories. People finding dead bodies under the bed, men hiding behind the curtains, all kind of scary stories. And when I first started flying, there was one that really scared me. It was a, a flight attendant for my airline in New York City. We stayed in a not very nice hotel room. And uh, she didn't check her room. And in the middle of the night, she woke up and there was a man above her on all fours, oinking like a pig. Oinking. He must have been some crazy, who knows, homeless man. She screamed. He ran out of the room. But I never wanted to find a crazy oinking man in my bed. So I checked my room. 
Christmas Eve, and the hotel is really empty. You know, the occupancy rate had to be, you know, 5%, 10% at the hotel. And we got in early at around 2 o'clock and uh, we decided to meet for dinner at 5 o'clock. And we decided to meet in the hallway instead of going all the way down to the lobby. And so Captain and I are in the hallway and there's no co-pilot. So Captain knocks on his door. And he, <clears throat> after a few seconds he opens his door and he's just in his jockey shorts. This is Mr. General. And steps a little farther in the hall and the door closes behind <laughs> Mike looked at me, I looked at him. Mike takes my arm and we go tearing down the hall, <laughs> running full speed away from him. He's screaming. You'd think he'd try and be discreet. He's, get back here, you guys! <laughs> we, we let him stew for about two, three minutes. You know, we hit the emergency exit and went down the staircase. Speed of life. Thanks for the When you're trying to be really careful, you know, and smart about keeping all your belongings safe, sometimes you cause a lot of your own problems. I was in uh, the San Juan del Sur area, which is like a beach, uh, big surfing community in Nicaragua, and we were staying at this casita, our uh, accommodations on this trip really varied. I mean, we stayed in some very basic places where we didn't even have a course no hot water but I didn't even have a top sheet on the bed and this particular place we're staying it's sort of a wealthy gringo community <laughs> a lot of people buying houses down there and uh we rented a casita which is like a house we each had our own room there was a kitchen pretty fancy but in hotel rooms uh when there isn't a safe and we're going to the beach or whatever I'm always concerned I always have this this fear of losing everything and you know not having any money, no passport, no way to get out of the country. So I'm always looking for a place to hide my belongings. Like, say you're going to the beach. So I'm looking around this casita, and I tend to look up because people don't naturally look up, so I think it's a better place to hide my valuables. And I saw this closet that went like a foot and a half from the ceiling, and uh, I felt the top of the closet, and I thought, oh, it's a great place to hide it. So I, I put my travel wallet that has my passport, my credit cards, all my money, up there and you know I had to get on my tippy toes and then my friend who's a little shorter than me was about to put hers up there but she couldn't reach and right then I, I, I shoved it back a little bit so you wouldn't be able to see it and I heard it go it dropped my <laughs> my I, the closet was just doors it didn't have a ceiling on it so here this was like a locked closet it's a vacation rental so the owners keep a locked closet with their own belongings and the owners lived in India. So here I'm trying to outsmart these basically probably non-existent burglars and I've managed to lose all my valuables. I couldn't believe it. So I was trying to figure out how in the world am I going to get this out of there? So I got a table. I put a chair on the table. Then I, I got up there and I could put my head over the top of the closet, but I knew I couldn't climb down in there. And I'm thinking, oh, I could see it. It was all the way down at the floor. And I thought, how in the world am I going to get my passport? So I'm looking around the house and I found it broom. So I tried to get my arm over the top and I'm trying to, to 
get down and it's not long enough. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I, don't, I can't believe I did this to myself. You know, most of the time we cause all of our own problems. So then I got, I thought I could attach something to the broom. So I found a, a soup ladle in the kitchen and some twine and I rigged it together like MacGyver and I got over there and I'm fishing it and I finally got it it hooked with the soup ladle and I had to like shimmy it up the wall and I finally got my stuff so you know more times than not at least with me I think we cause all of our own problems It's almost like a ghost story, but uh, one of the flight attendants was telling me she knew somebody on a layover. I don't really recall the city, but she'd been out, gotten in fairly early afternoon on a layover, changed into her running clothes, went out for a jog for an hour or two, came back in, and of course she was sweaty and wanted to wash up and clean up before dinner and change. She was meeting the other flight attendants. So she comes in and takes a shower gets out of the shower and there written on her mirror in the shower is something to the effect I see you or I was here written in the steam and obviously somebody had been in her room maybe under the bed or whatever when she came in from her run and went into the bathroom and wrote this on the window while she was in the shower yeah. <laughs> now that freak you out <laughs> that was good. kind of like Janet Lee and Psycho or perhaps they Left it there they, yeah, 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 they were in the room before and put it, put it with like chapstick or something that. Uh... Now I don't know if most of you know this, but uh, in hotel rooms, at least in the airline world. Men will sometimes leave girly magazines uh, in between the mattress and the box spring. And there's this guy flight attendant, and he was looking under the mattress to see if anybody had left anything there. And he found $6,000. You know, if it was drug money, he didn't know where it was from, you know. He's really excited, you know. It was a very lucrative layover. But then again, his conscience was, he was thinking he should probably tell the hotel, but he couldn't just say, hey, I found $6,000 under the mattress. So he told the hotel, you know, I found some important papers. And if anybody says they lost them, here's my phone number. And nobody called. Got $6,000. So you might want to look under the mattress. You never know what you're going to find on a layover in Fort Lauderdale probably six or eight months ago and the uh, first officer and I had kind of come in on the late night arrival about one o'clock or so in the morning and uh, we went to the hotel there on the intercoastal waterway down toward the beach and uh, both of us were still a little bit hungry so we decided to change and go out and have a beer and get something to eat so we were just visiting and I, I mentioned to him that lately the company had been calling guys on long layovers, rerouting them and ended up sending them out sooner than they expected the next day sometimes. So uh, I told him if you don't want to get sent out tomorrow, you might want to think twice before you answer your hotel room phone. So the next morning I'm laying there in bed about nine in the morning 
and uh, the phone rings. And I looked over at it, and I thought, oh, I don't think I'm going to answer it. I'll just let them leave a message. So it stopped ringing, and then about two minutes later, it rang again. I looked over at it again and said, no, I don't think I'll answer it. It stopped ringing. And then the third time it rang, I looked at it and still said, well, I don't think I'll answer it. Let it r- stop ringing. So then I, my conscience started getting the better of me and I thought well maybe it's a problem at home or maybe the company really needs us so I uh, I decided if they are really trying to get us they'll call my cell phone and leave a message so I got out of bed and standing there with my cell phone to dial and check for my messages and the rooms in the hotel there are sweet rooms with a living room area and then your bedroom area and all of a sudden I thought I heard window washers outside of my sixth floor room I didn't think much of it, but I thought, oh, they're cleaning the windows today. And as I got ready to check the messages, then I started to hear some noise at the window in my bedroom. And these were rooms with a balcony and railing. And I thought, that's funny. I guess there are window washers there also. So my curiosity started to get to me again, and I I walked over to the sliding. There's a couple sets of sliding doors, and here I am with no clothes on. And I pulled back the side of the curtain and looked, and here's a guy right there breaking in my room, trying to pop the little mechanical J-hook that holds the two sliding doors together. He was right there trying to pop it open. So I threw back the curtains, and here I am, chubby, balding, fat, ugly captain with no clothes on. And he looked at me, and I, I said, what the F are you doing? And I think he was a lot more surprised to see me. And he looked up and just kind of freaked out, turned and jumped over the balcony and uh, ran back through the room next door. Apparently, he was the one that was calling my room to see if anybody was in the room. And when I didn't answer, he climbed the balcony railing. And so I knew it was no mistake. This guy wasn't in in the wrong room. He was purposely trying to break in my room. And so when he jumped the railing, I ran to the front of my room the hallway door I didn't have any clothes on so I couldn't I couldn't run out in the hallway I stuck my head out and there was a maid and I yelled at her call down the security some guy was just trying to break in my room and so by that time he'd already run out the room next to mine and out the uh, firewell stairs and out the hotel and we didn't catch up with him but I'm pretty sure it scared him more than it scared me when I threw the curtains back about hotel rooms the dangers aren't always from thieves or (laughs) yourself there's also natural problems and actually to begin this story i'm going to get you in the mood by playing a little bit of audio that i recorded of these frogs they had amazing frogs in nicaragua they sounded like musicians so loud We were staying in this um, 
beautiful, tiny Caribbean island called Little Corn Island. There's no cars on the island. It really feels like Gilligan's Island, and we're staying in a very basic shack, I guess you'd call it, and it had an outdoor shower, and uh, the shower was more of a cold trickle, but nonetheless, you know, it was a shower, and I was taking a shower outside, and uh, the place was called uh, Casa Iguana, and at one point on the property, they had a, a, a plastic iguana, because there were no iguanas on the island, and uh, I'm in the shower, and I turn off the trickle of water, standing there naked, of course, and I look up and there is a snake perched on the door of the shower. And it was so perfect looking. It, I, I thought it was fake. I thought it was, uh, I thought, oh, I can't believe I didn't notice this before. Somebody put a fake rubber snake looking into the shower a, as a joke. And then I'm thinking, maybe, 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 maybe it's not fake. Maybe it is a snake and it's looking at me and it had a diamond shaped head, which I found out later means it's poisonous. It was like six feet long and it's, it's, it's looking straight at me. And when I get scared, <laughs> I'm not like a typical girl. I don't scream. I get scared silent or scared calm. And I, I called my friend and I'm like, um, can you come here a minute? And she's like, what? You know, I'm in the shower. Like, why would I want her to come in the shower? I'm like, can you can you come here and look at something? <laughs> and she comes out. And later on, she's like, I can't believe you made me walk right under a snake. But I still wasn't sure if it was real. And then we're both standing there. I, I'm naked. And she's looking at it. We're thinking, is it real? I, it, it looks too perfect. It looks like somebody just placed it up there. And it's... it's uh, Part of its body was coiled up in a tree. So it was so long, it was like six feet long. And so we're like, I don't know, is it real? I don't know. And so I, I carefully got out under it because I had to go under it to get out of the shower and grabbed a towel. And we're thinking, we got to find someone to find out if this is a real snake or if it's a joke. And we had been, we'd spent days with these really nice three young guys from Georgia. And I'm thinking, oh, they, I hope they're around somewhere. And my friend's up on the trail trying to see. And she says, oh, I, I see a hat. The one guy wore this very funny hat. She's like, I see a hat. She's like, Brian, Brian. So this guy comes and he stood up next to where the shower, there was a thing he could stand on and he took a stick and he hit near the snake, and that thing went. So when the snake went so fast up the tree, we're like, yeah, that was a real snake, a real poisonous six-feet-long snake staring at me in the shower. Now, that is what I call real danger. <laughs> Here's a story. It has nothing to do with hotels or burglars, but I wanted to use it because it was so fun for me. Uh, there was this celebrity, and he was very approachable and really nice, and uh, the whole band was on board. And he was in the galley, and I was like, you know, would you mind if I, you know, recorded you telling a story? And he was like, sure. And I was like, wow, that was so easy. I've been so hesitant to tell. To ask a, pa I really haven't asked passengers to tell a story because I'm afraid, you know, they're going to be like, "What the heck is this flight attendant carrying around a recorder and a microphone for?" But uh, he, this guy was so nice, and here he is. Okay. So I'm actually on the plane with Ricky Medlock of Leonard Skinner. 
which is very exciting for me. So anyway, you're going to tell me how your band got your name? The band got its name from our physical education coach at Lee High School in Jacksonville, Florida. His name was Leonard Skinner. He used to make us get our hair cut. And he was a bit of a regimented guy, you know. And what happened was, was this, is that one night at Lakeshore uh, Teen Club, uh, the lead singer at the time, Ronnie Van Zandt, decided we were going to go out and call ourselves Leonard Skinner at the time. What did you call yourselves before that? The One Percent. Oh. Yeah. So we we just said, no, oh, okay, cool, whatever. So we did, and it stuck. So here, not too many years ago, I think it's on our first or second nomination to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He came. Uh, he was invited, and when asked, you know what he thought of a very famous rock band being uh, you know named after his after him you know he said he did, really didn't think one way or another about it because he never liked us and we never liked him <laughs> <laughs> That's about it for this episode, and uh, I'm glad to be home, regardless of where you've been. It's always nice to come home, and I'll be better about getting episodes out. I don't plan on doing any traveling this summer. It's too crowded to fly standby, so I'll be putting in a little more effort, and uh, I hope you'll join me again next time on Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase so we can travel the world together. Bye. <laughs>